Welcome back. Welcome back. It is Across the Tracks. I am Steve. And I am Wayne, and we are glad to be back. Took a little hiatus for a bit. Uh, Mother's Day came aboard, and then I had a couple of family issues to deal with last week, so we, we postponed that broadcast. So it's been a couple of weeks since we have been on these airwaves, and it's good to be back, man. So I uh, hope everything has been going well for the last couple of weeks. I know uh, uh, springtime is upon us, uh, probably a little bit better for you than here in the Rockies, so more of a traditional <laughs> springtime for you. So Yeah, uh, it hasn't been really been too much of a spring man we've had a bunch of rain and cold wow yeah i, I staying down in florida we should have if i had to we should have stayed down there until race weekend yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know yeah, that way yeah. we know we make sure you know but we had a good mother's day uh the weather's been we've had one warm day the rest has been cloudy and rainy you know it's supposed to warm up starting next week of course but yeah, it's all good, you know. It is. It's all good, man. It's all good. All good. And uh, like I say, we're glad to be back and uh, back on these airwaves sharing our opinion and saying it like we see it. So that's, Say that's it like good. we see it. Yes, Say sir. Say it like we see it. All right. So what do we got tonight for the, for the listeners? Well, we have some – we have sports – in politics, sports and politics. All sports right, and politics, pretty much. I mean, I, I think probably if we look at most of our podcasts from the past year or so, it's it's been sports and politics. Yeah, no different. Just you change the subject just a little bit. You know, you throw somebody else in there, or go back and touch on information that we've talked about before that's related and so on, and we'll uh, we'll just move forward from there. Uh, like a uh, the first topic I think we want to talk about is a return of the Jedi. I mean, a return of the Tebow. <laughs> <laughs> return of the Tebow. Return of the Tebow. Well, let's let's look at it this way. Uh, Tim Tebow, who's a Heisman Trophy winner from the University of Florida, ended up playing. I think he ended up playing with your Broncos and had one glorious season. Yep. And, uh, you know, due to bad defense for the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, they went on to play. They beat the Steelers, but they just Steelers were just in stupid defense. I, I'm like, okay, he won. And then he ended up going to the Jets, and the Jets let him go. So he got tired of tired of that and decided that he's going to go and become a professional baseball player. And he did so. He started it, you know, the the single A and, you know, was kind of mediocre and made it to double A and made the double A all-star team. And I think he's trying to go to triple A, which is the next step up prior to going to the majors. And he, you know, didn't make it there. So his old coach, Urban Myers, you know, via Bowling Green, via Utah, via Florida, via Ohio State, uh, decided that he was going to bring Mr. Tebow back and sign him as a tight end. 
Well, Tebow, Tebow left the NFL because he is supposed to be a quarterback. And, you know, what they normally do with black players is that, you know, you know, you're a good quarterback when you're in high school, a good quarterback in you in college, but the pros, yeah, you got to switch positions. Yeah. You know, so now they're doing that to him and it's brought out some controversy and so on, you know, because he's, he's kind of a lightning rod, you know, because he wear his, uh, his religion on his sleeve and, you know, you know, some people don't like him for that, you know, as if other players, you know, don't do that or anything like that. And he's, he's, uh, I heard it best this way is that he feels that he has to be in the limelight. So we're going to talk about that. And then, um, I personally looking at Tim Tebow, uh, he's an average quarterback and average don't make it in NFL. He's an average athlete and average, you know, you don't, you don't make it that long in the NFL. Besides, he's 33 or 34, 35 years old, and he's moving to a position that he's never played before, and he's going to be a tight end, he's going to have to block some defensive end, defensive lineman. Eh, it's going to be tough. That's, a, that's, a, that's going to be a learning curve that's going to be pretty big for him. So, he, you know, his old coach gave him a, gave him a attempt, and uh, we'll see what happens. I don't think it's going to pan out. If it does pan out, it's because the coach wants it to pan out. That's, you know, that's about it, mm. you know. So there are, a lot of, there are a lot of tight ends out there that are true tight ends that's always blocked and always done what tight ends have done who, who weren't hired and are better than Tim Tebow, but, you know, they're unemployed and Tim Tebow has a job. Yeah. So yeah. Those are my thoughts. Whew. Yeah. When I first heard this, I'm like, what? Uh, what? <laughs> first of all, that he was even, you know, coming back into football, because as you mentioned, uh, he didn't pan out here in Denver. Um, and and I, and I thought, you know, he got a he got a raw deal here in Denver uh, from the management here. Uh, they really didn't give him a, a a good good look to see if he could pan out as a as an NFL quarterback. So he had that you know pass that TD pass against the Steelers that uh, put the Broncos in the in the playoffs and that type of thing. So he was the hero for a while and whatnot. And, uh, you know, overall, I say I like him. I, I like Tebow. I don't have anything against him. Uh, I've heard some of his commentary on ESPN and some other sports shows where he's commentated on, on football. He seems to be good at that. Yeah. He seems to be very good at that. And uh, I thought like, OK, cool. Here, here's his here's his path uh, because it just wasn't working out in the NFL uh, with him becoming uh, a top tier quarterback that he probably dreamed of being with, you know, him being a Heisman Trophy winner. So um, rather than try the NFL path, he went the baseball path. <laughs> OK, you, you know, you got to try to play baseball. I thought that was, uh, you know, a bit odd as well. Um, so he tried the baseball route. Uh, like you said, did some single A, I think, uh, spent some time in double A and triple A, whatnot, and, you know, didn't really get a call up to the bigs. So here we are. And when I heard this, I'm like, a tight end. I mean, personally, I mean, you're, you're a football coach. You've played the game. 
I don't think he's big enough to be a tight end and having to, like you say, block some of the people that he's got to block on routes and that type of thing. And play. I don't think he's big enough, man. He's going to take a killing, a beating out there. Well, I think, I think he's big enough. I just don't think that he does. He has the technique to be a tight end when he's always been a quarterback. You're going to put your hand down and you're going to block that guy. That's, you know, a hundred. I mean, two hundred and fifty pounds rushing off the end, or two hundred and seventy pounds rushing off the end. Right, right. That's a hell of a learning curve, man. Right, right. So, you know, like you say, his old coach threw him a lifeline, and and right away, man, people are like, "Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. This guy's getting an opportunity. He's been out of football since what, 2015, 2015, 2016. Mm-hmm. Been out of football, and this guy's getting a shot." But you've got other guys who are qualified, not in the league. They're not getting a call. Nobody, Nobody's giving them an opportunity like this. Right. And uh, I think those are fair questions, man. Is this a um, is this a is this a white privilege thing uh, or is it just, you know, hey, a coach, uh, you know, an old coach hooking up an old player? And, I, I, you know, there's a lot of ways to look at it. That's still uh, privilege, you know. It's what now? It's still privilege. It's still privilege. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> because a lot of other guys aren't getting that call. And like Absolutely. you said, there's there's a there are some legitimate tight ends, you know, wanting to get back into the league. They aren't getting the call. Kaepernick's not getting the call. I mean, so uh it, it just struck me as odd. And uh it's ruffled feathers uh amongst players. Um, you know, questioning like what the hell is going on? And this isn't the this isn't the the first controversial decision that Urban Meyer has made since he's you know been back on the sidelines. He hired that uh, coach, I think it was for is it from Iowa State or Iowa mm-hmm. uh, that made the racial comments to some of his players. He had to drop that because the heat was getting hot on that. So uh, I just think, man, this is this is a this is a bad look. And um, if you if you're gonna bend bend over and, and give this guy a special shot, then there's some other guys that need to be given a special shot as well. It just it just doesn't sit well with me and a lot of other people. So yeah, and and you know you brought up Colin Kaepernick, and immediately everybody jumps the gun. You know he was a terrible quarterback, you know, and so on. And you know it's it's people just hate the man because mm. he stood up for. Right for black folks right. that's the bottom line right. right you know and i had i saw something somewhere as a colin kaepernick wasn't no good he was throwing the ball to antoine Boland. he's throwing it to this guy and this guy was running the ball and this guy was running the ball and my thoughts were well tell me something when the ball is snapped who is it snapped to <laughs> hmm. the ball snapped to the quarterback the quarterback is responsible for throwing the ball to Anquan Bolden. Yep. Yeah, I'm sure Anquan Bolden made some catches that were phenomenal, but the quarterback had to throw him the ball to get there. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. The quarterback had to give the ball to Frank Gore. All right. I mean, he the quarterback is the coach. The quarterback is the coach on the field. So this idea that all these players made him a great quarterback. No, nope. they, they nope. contributed, but it's just the fact that, you know, as, as you mentioned earlier, 
it's all about privilege and folks want to see him succeed. Yep, you know, if if Larry Bird came into the NBA and failed, people would have been crazy. Yeah. Okay. Just like living in the state of Indiana, Steve Alford was supposed to be picked by the Pacers because he is the best damn player in the world. <laughs> and the Pacers chose Reggie Miller over Steve Alford. Yeah. Now, Steve Alford played for the Dallas. He was on the, let me change this. Steve Alford was on the Dallas Mavericks team for three years. He didn't play much because there wasn't anybody setting a thousand picks for him so he right. could shoot the right. ball. Right. Okay. So I think it's, it's, it goes back to what's the old saying? The great white hope. You know, who's going to, who's going to beat Jack Johnson? Right. Who's gonna be the white man to beat Jack Johnson to beat that black man? There's a white, there's a hope, there's hope out there that some white man right. gonna take <laughs> the crown back. And I think Tebow was that. Yeah, he's yeah. the great white hope. Yeah, you know, well, you know, every, every sport, every sport that's dominated by by black black athletes, that's always been the thing. Even back when back in the day when we were growing up, there was always who is going to save the sport. You know, who's who's going to be this mythical, uh, like you say, great white hope to save the sport? And, um, you know, I, I, Larry Bird was a bad man. As Stephen A. Smith said, he was a bad man. You know, yeah, he was a bad man. And but Larry Bird, I don't think he came into the NBA um, you know, like, you know, I'm going to be the savior for, for all white folks in America. No, Larry Bird was a ball player, man. Yeah. He was a baller. And that's all he cared about. But the the media and society pushes that narrative that we got to have a guy to be the great white hope to counter all these great black folks that are dominating the sport. And so Tebow may have been that. I think what's going on now in the NBA, again, Luka is a bad man. I don't know if you follow Luka Doncic or not. Luka is a yep. bad man. That boy is bad. He's, he's baby bird. Yeah, he he is bad, <laughs> but he, I don't think he I don't think he looks at it like he's a baller, man. Yeah, it's it's society that keeps pushing this, and then it puts pressure on these guys because some reporter is going to ask them a stupid question one day. Do they feel they are this? And I would wager that Luca would say, "No, I'm a ball player, man." I'm in this league because I want to compete against the best players in the world, hands down. Period. But it's society that's pushing this narrative, and I think they pushed a lot of that on Tebow, you know, and it's unfortunate. I guess I like him, man. I I like him that he stands up for his convictions and uh, and people people don't like the fact that um, he would kneel to pray on the sidelines and he spoke about his faith, whatnot. Hey, I thought that was all good, man. One, he wasn't necessarily beating people over the head with a Bible. You know, that, you know, hey, I'm this, you need to live this. No, he he lived his life. You saw from the outside the way this guy lives. And I I respect that. But I think it's society that's pushing that narrative. And now the fact that Urban Myers pulled a trigger and brought this guy in, 
here we go again. It, it's like, oh, man, why are you getting a shot, man? Are you only getting a shot because the coach is white and you're white. You're his boy. Nobody else is getting a shot. I don't see any other brothers getting a shot, <clears throat> excuse me, to get back in the NFL or to get a shot to be, you know, a, a position they've never played. I don't see them getting that opportunity. Yeah. So here we go again. You know, the, here we go again. The one thing that that Urban Meyer has to be concerned about by doing this is having control of the locker room because yep. there's going to be people in that on that team that says, man, he's only here because right. I ain't blocking for him. I, right. I'm not going to do this for him. Oh, when I first first chance I get, I'm going to lay him out, <laughs> you know, and, and yep. it's, it's going to cause some it's going to cause a rift within that locker room, yep. you know, and it's not as if it's, you know, high school. These are these are professional men. And, you know, they're working for a paycheck. They're not yeah. working for a sandwich and uh, milk after the game like we used to do. <laughs> you know, maybe a, a, a couple couple bags of potato chips. Right. You know, and these guys, you know, I've earned what I've got. You get what you got. But you got here because of, you know, urban. And, right. and I've never been an Urban Meyer fan. I've never, ever been an Urban Meyer fan. I will never be an Urban Meyer fan. I dislike him. Yeah. Okay. Um, because, I mean, just think about it. He's only gone places that, for the most part, has had success. Now, this is different in the fact that Jacksonville has been suffering. So they're going to bring him in to see if they can end the suffering in Jacksonville. All right. So he was at Bowling Green State. A little bit of success. He goes to Utah. You know, has some success there. I mean, he's he's able to turn some programs around. Went to the University of Florida. You know, two national championships. He goes then he lands with the Ohio State. Okay. Now, now think about it. You go from Bowling Green State and you go to Utah, which had a hell of a program yep. at the time. So Utah, he starts to see the program starts to slip. And he goes, uh-oh, where's, where's the next stop? Oh, Florida. Their program is on the rise. Blah, blah, blah. I'm taking that job. Oh, Florida's, you know, Tebow's gone. You know, they're going to be slipping. Oh, what's next? Oh, Ohio State. I'm going there. See, he's yeah. he's one of these people <clears throat> that has only flourished because someone has recruited for him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he's You're taken right. over. He's taken over solid programs already, and he's left people in the dust when his program starts to slide. Yeah. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that uh, you know, which this segues into another discussion, is. If there's a coaching opportunity open and we know there are qualified black coaches in the NFL that ain't getting a shot and they all they line, they always come up with, well, they don't have any head coaching experience, (laughs) but they've been on the sidelines as an assistant for umpteen years. And you're trying to tell me that nothing morphs into you that would help you lead a team and be the head coach of a team. I beg to differ. Yes, it does. But when it comes to these white guys, it's like they get hired sight unseen. Nobody questions that. 
Nobody questions that. It happens in the NFL. It happens in the NBA. Uh, you don't follow the NBA anymore as much as you used to. You said you don't follow it at all, practically. But what's going on right now with the Boston Celtics? The Boston Celtics have tremendous talent on that team. They are not playing well. They are not winning. They are in this what's called play-in, a playoff game <laughs> uh, this year. And with the talent they have, Boston should be probably the number three team in the East. But they're not. And I guarantee you, if Brad this Stevens. had been a— if right, if this has been a black coach leading the Celtics and they were they were sliding away there, they'd been gone. They would have been fired. We know that. But here in Boston too. Yeah, in Boston too. But here is Brad Stevens. You know, he he's he's the guy. I know damn good and well Danny Ainge is not going to fire him. You know, and and that's that's the advantage that a lot of these white coaches get that black coaches don't get. You know, Lloyd Pierce down in Atlanta, they fired him. You know, Atlanta was going through a rough time, man. The Hawks are going through a rough time. Had a lot of injuries. You know, things were going on, COVID. But, you know, they started out slow. They fired him. Didn't he really give him a chance to try to turn the team around? You know, um, my man who was coaching the Pelicans uh, fired. Now he's somebody's assistant. Been in the league forever. Now he's an assistant on somebody else's bench. I mean, it it irritates me, man, that, you know, talented black coaches, whether they're um, they're offensive minded, defensive minded. You can't tell me you've been around the game for umpteen thousand years and you couldn't be able to lead a team if you were given the opportunity to be a head coach. And it's appalling that there aren't that many black coaches in a lot of these professional leagues. But these white guys out of college, whatnot, are they left? They've come back. They get recycled. It's like, come on, man. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. So I'll leave it at that. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> well, speaking of speaking of segueing, <clears throat> you know, the um, let's let's go right into the, the the next sports topic. Then we'll do finish up with two political things. Okay, and that is. Um, the NHL, the NHL had for the first time in a starting lineup, the top three positions, um, the front line in a hockey team by the Tampa Bay Lightning was made up of black, black men. You had a left wing, a center and a right wing Right wing. Yep. that, uh, started for Tampa Bay. I mean, Tampa, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Tampa Bay Lightning. And as a matter of fact, they won the game. The, Absolutely. They won the game that they were in. And so for a lot of people, it's a big deal. And it is, but it shouldn't be such a big deal. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I think that more and more uh, black young black men are getting involved in hockey, in which forever... You know, hockey was, you know, one of the one of the last bastions for all whiteness as far as sports go. Yeah. And, and, and golf. Yeah. Because they used you know, to say the only thing black in a hockey game was the puck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that's what they used to say. That's the only one. black thing in a hockey game was the puck. That, that's, what, <laughs> that's what the saying was, man. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, but that that's that is a good one. That's a good one. That's the first time I heard that, man. <laughs> Tell you how much I, I follow hockey. But anyway, it was it was. You What's know, a hat you trick? <laughs> someone <laughs> someone scores three. Absolutely. And they, then they throw shit on the they they throw shit on the the ice. Throw, throw hats on the ice. Yes. Yeah. And then they bring out a, a, a zamboni and they yeah. pass it around and everybody gets to drink. <laughs> 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 oh man! Or, or some guys doing some lady up in the audience, Zamboni. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, we 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 just we're kidding, folks. We're kidding. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was that was unique. Uh, it was. Yeah. Yeah. What was your thoughts on it? It was, man. I mean, it's like it. it w- once we're given the opportunity, we excel, man. And until I think. Um, Believe it or not, man, there's a there's a relative. I have a relative, believe it or not, man, that played in the NHL. He plays in the NHL. Um, his last name is Bershear. I can't think of his first name mm-hmm. if he's still in the league. But uh, I was like, man, I, until then, I didn't know there were any black hockey players until uh, my mom told me. She said, yeah, there's a you got a, a distant cousin or something like that that plays in the NHL. His, his, his last name, oh, Donald Bershear. That's okay. his name, Donald Bashir, and I forgot what team he played for. But hmm. until then, man, I, man, I one I didn't understand hockey. I think I've been to one hockey game in my life, mm-hmm. and people were explaining the rules to me. I'm like, you know what? I, I don't get it. So, so, um, and until then, I man, I've never seen any black guys in hockey playing hockey. Okay. But now, like you say, man, people are being exposed to these other sports that traditionally have not been a black presence in hockey lacrosse they're you know lacrosse if you sometimes tune on and watch the sports highlights and they're covering lacrosse occasionally you will see a black guy or black girl playing lacrosse right so when we get exposed to these things and we get we get the opportunity we excel and so what you saw last night in the nhl it was it was these guys excelling, man, because they've been given the opportunity, and it probably won't be the last time yeah. that you see uh, a front line made up of black players, and um, they're excelling on the ice and and doing great things. And so, hey, it tells other young black kids, you don't have to confine yourself to football or basketball or baseball. Right, there are other sports out here, and that's the good thing about it, man. And they, and you know the other thing, Wayne, is that those three men have three different skill sets. Right. Right. You know, in hockey, you know, the center is is kind of like the quarterback. Yep. And the the left and the right wings, you know, they're they're pressing the 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 puck up the court. That's right. And Push they're them. the ones they're the ones that's that's uh, checking people on the boards and stuff. Right. You know how they slam them and stuff like that. Yep. That's yep. those are aggressive aggressive positions. Yeah. Okay. They're and, not and defensemen. They're, right. you know, they're the people up front, you know. Yeah. And I'm sh- I'm sure they're catching hell from people, you know, in the stands or whatnot. It's like that. It always has been like that because uh, our presence in certain spaces makes people uncomfortable and things are said because it's like, man, here they are again. <laughs> you know, here they are again. You know, oh, there goes the neighborhood. Lord, yeah, there goes the neighborhood. There goes the neighborhood. There but goes the uh, sport. hey, I think it was awesome, man. And so uh, it's gonna, it's going there, there. What they did last night, I think it's going to provide 
the uh, impetus to show other young people like, hey, man, you can do other sports and you yes. can excel in these sports. I don't know if you remember, man, back in high school, E-Town High, um, and you probably remember, man, in P.E., they started to try to expose us to a lot of different things oh, besides yeah. basketball yep. and, and, and what football or not. Because we we did golf sometimes. We yep. did volleyball. Uh, we did soccer, you know, to get us exposed to other different sports. Now, whether we caught on to those sports was one thing, right. but they took the opportunity to expose us to like, hey, there are other sports out there that you can get into and you might like, you know. So uh, I'm, 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 I'm loving it, man, that these guys were out there on the ice doing it, man. And fortunately, the Lightning won the game. So it's all good, man. It's all yes, good. Sir. Yes, sir. Right. All right. Let's segue way on to some, some, some political things. I'll let you kick it off on these these two topics that we're going to oh talk gosh. about. Tonight. Let's let let's let's start with one that that happened while we were on a little bit of a break. Uh, but I think it's significant in what in the light of what's going on now uh, with teaching critical race theory in America. A lot of people don't want that. Uh, so I think about a week or so ago, Rick Santorum, uh, in an interview, uh, was was asked a question, and his dialogue just totally went off the rails uh, when he said that uh, you know people uh, came over here and started this country, and you know the Native Americans were here, but you know they didn't bring nothing to the table. They they have brought nothing significant to the American culture. And he continued his diatribe of foolishness that, you know, it was only these people who were uh, coming over here because of religious oppression to start this great thing we know as America. It was all on them. And the indigenous people that were here, they had nothing to do with this. Yeah, they were here, but they had nothing significant to do with the culture that is America. And people ate his lunch <laughs> because he's one of these people that— um, does not want the truth to be told about this country, man. And you've got every individual, now people coming out, they don't want the 1619 Project taught in schools. They don't want people to know anything about the history of this country that puts them in a bad light. They're doing their damnedest to try to shut it down. And so he is just one in the line of many ignorant-ass people, primarily white, who don't want the truth to be told about the good, the bad, and the ugly about this country. And I think if you're going to tell it, you got to tell the good, you got to tell the bad, and you got to tell what's ugly. So kids coming up behind us, you know, the kids that are in school now, stuff that we didn't get in school, the truth needs to be told. And maybe... Maybe this big chasm that separates us in this country over this issue of race and who has contributed what and who didn't do anything and all this stuff, maybe we can get over that and reconcile a lot of these differences. But it's people like him that are preventing this from happening. They don't want it to happen because it puts them in a bad light. And so it, it really torqued me off, man. And I'm, I know it torqued off people in the Asian, I'm not the Asian American community. The indigenous community, the native people who are like, what the hell are you talking about? We <laughs> yeah. were here. Yeah. We were here. And you dogged us. You you treated us like crap. 
And we brought a lot of lot of culture to America. And yeah. how dare you say that we were just in, insignificant pieces in the landscape of American history? It, it, it was disgusting, man. And some people, I'm I'm glad to see a lot of people did come out against him. And of course, he well, that's not. I got. I need to backtrack. They always got to backtrack. And it's like the tape don't lie. We know what you said. And you pretty much nullified the history of these people who were here before. Uh, these people came over on the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. The what you know. call it? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, give me a break, man. But it, it's it's it plays into this thing, man, that people do not want the truth to be told. So your thoughts? Yeah, it's 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 the truth needs to be brought out. America isn't wasn't Lily White. You know, and this idea of we don't want this to be taught to our kids is just stupid. Okay, you know, when you open up your history books, 99 percent of it is about white folks and what they've contributed, you know, and this idiot Santorum, you know, says that, you know, there's nothing that the indigenous people or the Native Americans had did to contribute to this country. Well, let me let me think about this from my history perspective. Mr. Santorum, have you ever heard of Jamestown? <laughs> did, did you know that those folks couldn't live? They came here across the seas and they died out yep. until some folks, the second time they came through, who saved their behinds? Yep. You, you remember that? You remember John Smith and Pohanta and Pocahontas. You remember those people? You remember, you know, you know, we celebrate the fourth Thursday in November for Thanksgiving. You know who's responsible for Thanksgiving? It sure wasn't those pilgrims who showed up because they didn't know what to do. It was it was the natives that taught them how to use corn. It was the Native Americans who saved Europe. Yeah. Hell, Columbus took back corn because they were going through starvation over there and corn <laughs> fattened them up. Oh, maize, corn, maize, whatever you maize, want to call it. Yep, yep. That's what saved Europe because they were all starving. You know, let them eat grass. OK, <laughs> have, you, have you ever heard of the Iroquois nations? You know, who had literally had their own government in the northeastern part of the country? Have you ever heard of the five civilized tribes that you ran out of the southeastern part of the country? You know, the, those those people that went to the Supreme Court and said that we need to stay on our land because it's our land. And the Supreme Court agreed with them. That didn't contribute. Oh, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. And how about this? How about this contribution? Have you ever heard of? The little bighorn. <laughs> yeah. Are y'all so smart? Hey, there's just a couple of them over the ridge over there. Let's go <laughs> get them. And you smart yourself into getting massacred. Yep. Okay. Now, keep doing that. Keep disrespecting. Keep underestimating the power of these people and making stupid statements like that's not going to get you anywhere. That's just it's it everything is not about judeo christian values America is 
was born on the concept that all men are created equal. Of course, we know that ain't right. Correct. We know, we know that's that a lie. <laughs> they changed. They changed the document and said that we the people, in order to, okay, so let's let's put we the people in there. You know, every day, every day, as we drive our cars, no one thinks that Garrett Morris invented the stoplight. He did. Yep. That's not that's not in too many books. Nope. I mean, every, None that I ever read. Every day that we drive our cars, we're being saved by a black man. Yeah. Every day. Unless yep. you decide to go, that black man made that made that light over there. Let's yep. just run through the red light and get smashed yep. up. <laughs> yep. Come on yep. now. Yeah. Come on. And then, but then, but then if you if you ran through that red light and you get killed, oh, it's that black man's fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's that black man's fault. Yeah. You know? That light should have been amber. Oh, it is. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Red. Oh, it is red. Oh, yeah. no. Green. What other color can we use? Yeah. 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 Even our buddy, man, uh, Mitch. I don't know. If, can we still call him Moscow Mitch? Can we still call him that? Uh, <laughs> I guess call, we. Well, Let's, we can call him Yertle. We can still call him Yertle. Yertle. Yertle the Turtle. He's one of these people leading the charge that he doesn't want critical race theory, the 1619 Project. He doesn't want that taught in the schools in Kentucky. And you and I both know where Kentucky ranks when it comes to education in the United States. They're at the bottom of the list. Well, we're above Mississippi. states. I think we're 49. <laughs> we're above 49. Mississippi. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, what what are you afraid of, man? It's like they're always afraid of the truth coming out, man. And uh, we we had my niece on on the podcast a few weeks ago. Uh, she's doing some great things, man, in Jefferson County to try to change this paradigm, man, that if you've got a multitude of black students in your classroom, they need to be taught about who they are. And our history doesn't begin with slavery. If we were kings and queens. They need to be taught that, that we were kings and queens. We built the pyramids. We did so much things to contribute to this history of the world, not just America, to the world. And it, you and I, you, you probably will concur, man. It wasn't until I got out into the world and started reading and studying. It's like, oh my God, I never heard that. <laughs> I never mm-hmm. heard that. Right. Right. And I started reading books and I'm like, wow, I, I never saw that in a history book and in uh, T.K. Stone or E-Town High. I never saw that in a history book. And it's like, what are people afraid of, man? Speak, speak the truth. What do they say? The truth shall set you free. It, it might just free us from all this strife and and hatred and bigotry and ignorance that's going around, man. Like, put it out there, man. Let people see. Yes, America is great, but America is not all that it pretends to be. Right. Tell the truth. Right, right. You know, that's that shining star on the hill that, that Ronald Reagan said, shining city on the hill. Shining city on the hill, yeah. The lights are out of that city. Yeah, lights are absolutely. out. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, uh, that that's that's over, and and that left that left uh, sixteen years ago. Yeah, pretty much, if not further, yeah. twenty years ago. Yeah. So uh, we yeah, are that, we are at war with ourselves. Yeah, man. 
We are at war with ourselves. I would say it this way. We are surviving a war against us. Yep. Because the reason that the war is perpetrated on us is the fact that uh, we don't participate in laws. You know, the local 47 states are, I think 47 states are controlled by Republican legislatures. Yep. And they're, they're literally drawing districts so they can't lose. Okay. And the people that control the local elections, control the local economies, control the local history as well, because they've got that type of power. And the the thing that, that, that gets me is that we need to run for those positions and so that we can start changing these legislators and change these legislations and then start changing some of these things and have some of this critical thinking going on within our schools, within our local communities, within our, our districts and so on, yeah. you know. But, you know, some people aren't, some people just are afraid to do that. Or they they tend to say, okay, I hired this person to do a job. We're going to let him do the job. And that person's saying, oh, I'm not hiring those those people. Mm-hmm. Well, he's the best candidate. We'll let the best candidate. And you can say that about anything. You know, so yeah. yeah, Centaurum. He's he's a he's a card. He's just one of those. You know, he he spoke the truth in the beginning, and backtracking didn't do any good. Nope, as they say, the words have already. We understand the words that are coming out of your mouth. Yes, <laughs> yeah, we understand the words that are coming out of your mouth. Yep, and uh, I, you know, we uh, I forgot who I was talking to, man, the other day. If you go if you go to Europe, Germany doesn't deal with these issues. Nope. They want people to know what the Nazi regime did to Germany. They want people to know that history. You know, they want to know how the Jews were annihilated by the Nazis and they want to know how bad Hitler was. They teach that to their people because they want they don't want to repeat it. Right. You know, Uh and, you know, I think they we, we lived in Japan for five years. The Japanese kids, they were taught that, yes, Japan is a great country, but Japan did some terrible things during the war. The right. atrocities they committed, they teach that because they don't want to repeat that. Here we are, man. We we It seems like we, we, we keep going freaking backwards, man. We want to wave Confederate flags and we want to remember all, you know, we don't want to remember any of this bad stuff that happened to all these people uh, because uh, we can't tell that. We can't right. tell that. It, it, it will change people's view of America. No, it won't. It might improve the view of this country if, if, because the world knows, the world knows, man, the world studies, the world reads, and they know that they know more about the history of this country than the people that live here. Exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I was uh, I was living in Turkey at the time, man. And I was teaching English in this school 
And uh, the first night of class, I'm, I think I might have mentioned it on the broadcast. We were, I was doing the introductions first night of class, and I was going around the room. And the kids, their English was pretty good. They were college students preparing to go out and take their um, uh, English exams and then get jobs in Turkish companies that required them to speak English. So their English was pretty good. So as they're going to our room introducing themselves, this one kid introduced himself. And uh, he said, I have a question for you. And I said, yeah, what's your question? And he says, how do you feel about white people? <laughs> I'm like, what? It started stuck me. I'm like, what? He said, yeah, how do you feel about white people? And I said, wow, good question. He said, I said, well, why do you ask me that question? He said, because I read your history. He said, I know your history. He said, I know how black people have been dealt with in America. He said, I read, I study. And so I want to know since you're here. And while we had a good discussion about that, man, he was very well read, very well informed. The books he had read and when I'm like, wow, this, this kid is sharp. But that is what separates a lot of these other countries from us. People actually know the real deal about what's going on in America. We just don't want to face it. Right. We don't want to face it. And and it's the same thing with apartheid. Yep. You know, it wasn't until they had to face it and go right. through go through the go through the pain of acknowledging what had happened, your roles in it, and then you could work together. You can come together. Yep. But yep. if if someone is saying that we don't want to hear that, then it's defeating the purpose. Right. Okay. Right. You have to acknowledge a wrong before you can get to the right. Absolutely. And because as you said about Germany, they didn't want to have people questioning that, well, this this didn't happen. Okay. Let's look at the election. You know, the people that are having the biggest problems don't want to agree with the fact that the past occupant of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue lost the election. So what yeah. does it do? It causes problems. Yeah. All that those senators and all that those congressmen had to do was to tell the truth and say, this man lost the election. Right. All the problems that we have right now dealing with the election would have been over. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah. you know, they're still sucking on the tit of Donald Trump. He's a nobody. <laughs> hey, hey, right. folks, he's a nobody. He's right. a once was. Right. Kick he's his a, ass to the curb. Yeah, he's a and loser. And he'll be gone. Man. He's a loser. He's a loser. You know, why would you want to hit yourself to a losing team? I don't know about you. And I, you, I know you. If I if I'm gonna go out here and play, man, I want to be on the winning side. <laughs> you know, I want to be on the winning side. I'm not hitching myself to some loser's wagon. You know, and I think that's a good segue to our next topic, man. That these people, like you say, man, they're 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 sucking on the tit of this tit of this guy who's a loser, and rather than hear from the voices of people that are like, look, guys. We need to get out from behind this clown. We need to set an agenda that's going to help the American people move this country forward. We need to do that. But no. Well, you know, he, he really did win. And the people who stormed the Capitol, they were just tourists and all this other <laughs> foolishness. And so some people had the courage to stand up and speak out. So rather than keep those voices, 
They ousted Liz Cheney from her leadership position, but you'd rather let fools like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Burbert and some of these other idiots keep touting this lie that this fool won the election. You would rather keep that than listen to the voice of reason and that being one in Liz Cheney and a few other people. So let's let's get rid of them. Let's get rid of them because they're not speaking our message. They're not they're not bringing the right message. And it's a message that's a lie. So I I thought that was just, man, what what the heck? We have literally gone off the rails, man, gone off the rails. If you are willing to raise your hand and stand up for a lie that, you know, it's a conspiracy that, you know, the I don't know if you heard, man, the guy in Arizona that, well, we're checking the ballots to see if there was bamboo in the ballots that (laughs) might have been infiltrated in here from Asia. I mean, this is where we are. (laughs) This is where these this these people are lunatics, man. But you want to get rid of somebody like Liz Cheney, who speaks truth to power, that we need to get out from behind this guy, man. This guy is bringing down not just the Republican Party. He has brought down the country. And so don't tell me you're a patriot and you stand for the flag and all this other stuff. No, you stand for lies. You stand for conspiracy theories and you stand for lunacy. So your thoughts on that, man, because it was it was just appalling what they did to her. Yeah, I've never have been a fan of the Cheneys, period. But I am a fan of the truth. Yes. And when someone, especially being a, a history teacher, you know, government, world history, and whatnot, when somebody stands up for a a cause that is just, I can support that. I can support that. I probably would never, ever, ever, ever see things the way that Liz Cheney sees things or saw things as the third ranking member in the Republican caucus in the House of Representatives. However, she's speaking the truth. And because she's speaking the truth, as we mentioned earlier, some of those people don't want to hear the truth and they don't want to be reminded that the past occupant, as you mentioned, is a loser. Yeah. Okay? Kevin McCarthy is the biggest punk that I know of as of right now. One minute he's saying that I am I am I am Mr. President, you have to admit that you did this. Two days later, he's on a plane to Mar-a-Lago to suck on this guy. Yeah. And then he comes back and then suddenly he's, he's all, you know, we got to, we got to do this because he's the leader of our party. You made him the leader of this party because you cowered down to him. All of you, all 190 some of you, you've all made him the leader of the party. He's not the leader of any damn thing. Nope. He doesn't have a Twitter account. Facebook is is, is bum rushing. All he has now is a blog. And then with the <laughs> blog, you have to go on to his blog to 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 read his bull crap. Okay. So he's a nothing. And you guys are allowing him to be the voice of the party. They're so bad 
that you go back to 2020 and look at the Republican uh, platform, they didn't have a platform. So what nope. do Republicans stand for? Right. At least a Democrat said these are this is the platform when they had their conventions, whether it's virtual yep. or not. This is what we're going to run on. Right. This is what we're going to accomplish. This is what we believe in. And the the followers of the past occupant, they said, whatever he says goes. Right. We don't right. we don't have any identity. We don't believe <laughs> we don't believe in we don't believe in fair and balanced budgets anymore. We just gave people $3 million tax cut. Well, that doesn't mean anything anymore. You know, so all the things that they once stood for, they just pitched them out. Yeah. The, the, the party right now is, is, it's drowning. Okay. And for the most part, it's, it's, it's going to take one person to reunite the party and that person is not the past occupant of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Okay. Somebody's going to have to take the guts, step out and say, this is what we need to get accomplished. Liz Cheney being taken from her position. That was, that was the wrong thing to do. Oh, oh, oh. And, and by the way, they, they're so punkish that they didn't have a regular vote. They right. just had a voice right. vote because right. those right. people, those people knew that they didn't want to stand up and say, I'm responsible for voting. You can see, put my name to it. Right. They're all cowards. Yeah. It was done in secret, done in secret. So yeah, you're right, man. McCarthy, punk ass, Lindsey Graham, punk ass, um, who else over there? Jim Jordan, punk ass. I mean, all of them, man. Kowtowing to this guy who is nothing, nothing. And and I I think what you're going to see is the factions of reason that are left within what is left of the Republican Party. I think you may see them break out on their own and say, look, we, we got to stand for something. You know, we, we need to get back to where we were. We did have a platform at one time, and this is what we ran on. I think you may see that, man, um, that people are going to split out and maybe start their own thing. Because what's going on now is sheer lunacy. It is sheer lunacy, man. But you know what, Wayne? That's what they want. It's To them, it's not lunacy. It's the norm. Wow. Okay? It is the norm. They want. They want to support the loudest voice. They want to support the person that makes the biggest waves. That's how society is now. You know, it's the, it's the, this is a racing analogy. People go to the Indy 500 qualifications, not to see the cars run. They want to see them crash. Yep. Yep. You know, they want to see him crash. Oh, yeah. well, did you see that? Oh, wow. Did you see that? You know, yeah. it's same way with the same way with that party. Now they want the person that is the loudest, the most obnoxious person there is. And they knew that the past occupant was that way. And they're all now trying to uh, duplicate or replicate his stupidity. Because oh, yeah. that's what their party wants. 
They want the stupidest person they can find to lead them. And that's where you get a Jim Jordan. That's where you that's where you get uh, Rick Santorum. That's where you get uh, Kevin McCarthy. And the person, the person that's hiding in his shell, you haven't heard him say anything, have you? So, well, you're, you're all well, Mr. O'Connell, well, what do you think about Liz Cheney? Oh, we have only one person. The same, the Kentucky, he's saying the same thing he did against Barack Obama. Yep, Some of you want that. Yep, Some of you want that. He, why yep. are we paying him a salary when he's right. just going to say no? Right. Well, know his ass back to Kentucky and sit That's his right. ass down. Right. Right. It, it's 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 sad, man. It is sad that these people, these people, you know, they, but they tout themselves as we're patriots. You know, we love America and all this other lies that come out of their mouth, but yet you don't want to do anything. You don't want to govern. You don't want to legislate to do anything to help move the country forward, to put people back to work and all this other stuff. All you want to do is raise hell under the banner of someone who has nothing anymore. Nothing. This guy is, he's useless. He's useless. But this is what you want to follow. And it's it's sad, man. It is really sad that uh, the country is at the point it is at. I think it's uh, Proverbs, because right now the, the, the chasm is getting wider and wider every day. And I think it's Proverbs that says a house divided against itself cannot stand. And we are on the brink of falling into that chasm, man. This guy once told me, um, I was taking a... We used to meet uh, on Saturday mornings. We had a little black history study group. We used to meet on Saturdays, and he was a professor, and he was deep in the in the history. And he, you know, he like, hey, I'd like to expose a lot of people to a lot of different ideas. And he, I forgot the name of the book, but this guy wrote this book, and he says America is not going to be destroyed by. There's not going to be an atomic bomb, or there's not going to be something else to destroy America. America is going to destroy itself, and we are on the cusp of that because of the people that have raised their hand and say they will support and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and bear true allegiance to the same. They bear true allegiance to a man who's a loser. And it's taking us down a path of destruction. And so um, I pray, brother, that 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 somebody, the voice of reason, does something, man, because this is crazy. What is going on? It is utterly crazy. Yep. Yep. Utterly crazy. So right. shall we talk about one more crazy issue on the political front? <laughs> sure. Why not? Let's throw our, our brother here into the mix, Mr. Tim Scott, Senator Tim Scott, <laughs> the great state of South Carolina. Uh, yeah. Tim Scott says. There is no black. Go ahead. Yeah. Tim, well, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'll no. Let, you got it. You got it. You got Tim it. Tim Scott says, I'm telling you, America is not a racist country. 
that's coming out of one side of your neck. On the other <laughs> side of your neck, you know, I've been stopped by the police uh, numerous times. I've been stopped here on the Capitol grounds by the police. Like, uh, I see that pin on your lapel. I know what that pin stands for, but I don't know you. I mean, but America's not a racist country. And people, man, they went off on him. Uh, I don't know if you follow Tiffany Cross. I think you mentioned you do. Tiffany Cross lit him up. She (laughs) lit him up. And he's a clown, man. He's a clown. I, I, we, we, Cynthia and I have come to the point where, you know, in the past, people used to call black folks who, who seem to speak against the, the interest of other black folks. There was a word we used to call them. We, we don't use that word anymore. And we don't use that word because <laughs> you know what the real. Substituted it. Yeah. Once you know the truth about who this guy was, it's like, you know what? No, we, we can't call black folks that anymore. Mm-hmm. But what he is, he's a turncoat. He's a turncoat. <laughs> And always when they got to find somebody to speak against the interest of black folks and all other minority groups in this country, that America is just so lovely. We've loved you people from the beginning. We, we don't mean you any mistrust. We don't mean you any harm. But yet he can look and see that black men are being gunned down in the street unarmed. Asian American people are being spit on. They're being beat up just because some idiot spread a lie that it's your fault that it's coronavirus is here in America. But America is not a racist country. So I'm like, dude, where what planet are you on? What planet are you on? I do not care for Tim Scott. I think every time they got to trot out a black person to speak against something, they pick him. And there's a reason why they do that, because he is going to sell out black people and and speak, you know, just utter foolishness, man. So I'll let you chime in on that, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you you hit the ball out of the park. I'll just call you the say hey, kid. (laughs) Speaking of say hey, kid, happy belated birthday. My 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 hero, Willie Willie Mays. And. Uh, Tim Scott, you know, he got his job because somebody left, got in trouble and they filled the void. You know, they, they went through the process of, you know, their, what are we doing to, to miss this ball? Or what are we doing to, um, not get as many black folks, uh, to join the Republican party? And he was appointed and then he won re-election, and so he's he's the black guy that they put out uh, for talking points. Yep. And as you mentioned earlier, you know he he says, you know I've been called Uncle Tom. We'll call it Uncle Scott, Uncle Tim. How's that? Yeah, they're calling him Uncle Tim. <laughs> <laughs> the real Uncle Tom is a lot different than Uncle yep. Tim. Yeah. And I've been called the N-word by progressives. And then, as you said uh, in, in your little uh, uh, talk a second ago, you know, hear me clearly, America is not, hear me clearly, America is not a racist country. Well, the Constitution doesn't have anything in race. Oh, wait a minute. It does. It says three-fifths of a person. My bad. Um, he is being used. Yep. He's being used. 
to make it seem as if the party is accepting of everyone. You know, they don't even talk about the big tent anymore because the damn tent's been torn down by the stupid, uh, <laughs> the stupid man that lives in Florida. Um, yeah. I, I I have to say this, and you know, I watch the View every now and then, and Megan McCain called uh, the the past occupant called him Cheeto Jesus. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That's a good one. He looks like a Cheeto and he thinks he's Jesus. That's a good one. That's a negative (laughs) on their part. And so, you know, Tim Scott is falling behind Cheeto Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's appalling that he needs to stand on his own two feet and sometimes say, you know what? I know you're using me. Not this time, brothers. Nope, nope, not yeah. this time. You go out there, you say what you're supposed to say, and let's leave it at that. You know, don't put me up there. And so with all politicians, they see themselves as, wow, I gave the rebuttal to Joe Joe Biden, you know, because they picked somebody that's supposed to be important. So he thinks he's important now because they chose him to be the rebuttal. Well, yeah. they chose him to be the flunky. Yeah, that's okay. it. Okay, we don't want to, hey, hey, Tim, we don't want to talk about this because, you know, we don't agree with it, but you go out there and you convince them what we're saying is true, even though that we don't believe it. But it coming from you, if it comes from you, Tim, they may think we may get one or two more that yeah. can join the Republican Party. So you go get them. Go get them. Yeah. Ah, yep, yep. My bad. Yep. Say, man, there. It's it's. Oh gosh, it's it's it's. Sometimes you're just like, I can't believe these people, man. They're all Wilkies, man. (laughs) They're all Wilkies, man. You know, now that the Sarge is gone, i.e., the former occupant is gone, whose (laughs) ass you gonna kiss now? And that's it. They don't know whose ass to kiss. You know, they think it's this guy down in Florida. Cheeto Jesus. Yeah, Cheeto Jesus. They think it's Cheeto <laughs> Jesus. They 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 need to kiss and get the get the Cheeto stains on their lips and whatnot. On their fingers. Yeah, on their fingers and everything. But it's like this dude is he he he's a myth. He's a myth. He is a shell of who he was. You know? And so y'all need y'all y'all need to get on the right side of this thing, man. Because Joe Biden is moving forward. He is working, man. He ain't golfing. He ain't tweeting. He ain't calling people out of their names. All the, This man comes to work every day and is trying to do the right thing. And you've got the Tim Scotts and the Jim Jordans and the Kevin McCarthy spouting this lie that somehow America's not a racist country. The people who stormed the Capitol on January the 6th, they were tourists. Didn't you see they were tourists? <laughs> yeah. And my, my thing is that this guy said it on one of the shows I listened to. He's like, OK, brother. He's like, if these guys were tourists. And he was I forgot some senator that said that, that these guys were tourists that were breaking windows and beating cops over the head with American flags and and spraying pepper spray, bear spray in their face. He's like, if these guys were tourists and it was a tour of the Capitol, 
where was your ass when the tour was going on? <laughs> your ass was hiding in your office. That's where you were. But it's a tour. But if it had been a tour, you would have been out there greeting the patrons, right? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, man, get the hell out of here. You know? <laughs> They want to think we're stupid, man. Like, you know, like lull us to sleep like Muhammad Ali did to George Foreman with the rope of dope. It's like, yeah. no, people aren't falling for this, man. Some people are. But the majority of people in this country, like we saw on television, them, them damn people were not tourists. Yeah. Tim Scott, America has racist tendencies. OK, that's the fact. And it goes back to this, man. You need to tell the truth about this country, man. Tell the truth. The truth shall make you free. <laughs> so I'll leave it at that, my friend. As Forrest says, that's all I got to say about that. That's all I got to say about that. All I got to say about that. <laughs> so uh, we're a little bit out past the top of the hour, man. I Very spirited discussion this evening yeah. on a variety of topics. Yep, yep. Um, any any closing remarks? Well, I'll, I'm going to go back to Tim Scott for a second. <laughs> just for a second. And, you know, he's he's trying to work on some bipartisan deal. I think his heart is good 99% of the time he's being used. But the 1% of the time, he does a little good. You know, he's trying to come up with something that we can get infrastructure and all that kind of stuff done. But he's still playing by their rules. They're still using him. But yeah. I, I, I hope that he chooses to do something that's right, not because they put him out there to reverb or to regurgitate what they want people to hear. Yeah. You know, it takes, you know, John Kennedy wrote the book Profiles and Courage. There's no profiles and courage in uh, that caucus over there at all. So, uh, yeah, we can we can only hope that it gets better. Uh, you know, I, I appreciate us getting back. We've had a lot of uh, talk topics to, to deal with. Tonight we dealt with sports and politics. And it was a spirited discussion as, as normal. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, some people may listen to us, some people may not, but we're going to say it the way we see it, you know, and I think we've kind of gravitated towards these things uh, because that's the way the world is today, at least our world in which we live in. And we're going to continue to uh, speak out on things that we see. Absolutely. Absolutely. So before we depart tonight, man, I just want to say, man, I'm, I'm like you now. I'm like you, man. I want to be like Mike. I'm like you. <laughs> I, I have entered the realm of retirement. <laughs> Congratulations so, for uh, the second so time. Friday, yeah, Friday was my last official day in corporate America. And so uh, transitioning to uh, whatever will be, will be and uh, see where life takes us next. And uh, so my my last official day, I got to sign some documentation tomorrow to turn in my property and all that type of stuff. So that truly frees me. But Friday was my last day in the office. And so I am going to be like you, man, uh, living a uh, life of leisure somewhat, doing what I want to do when I want to do it. And uh, got a few projects um, under wraps that uh, I'm going to hopefully get back into now that I have the time. 
And uh, so just looking forward to it, man. So um, we'll probably talk about that on the airwaves, share some share some thoughts and whatnot. But uh, just wanted to share that with you and the guest who may tune in that uh, I got a new title now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so nice. You've done it twice. That's right, man. This is my <laughs> second one. Absolutely. Well, so, I like to congratulate you, brother. Cause, thank uh, you, my friend. You know, when when I retired, you know, people asked me what I was going to do. Afterwards, you know, was I going to get a second job and right. were you going to do some volunteer at the school? And I said, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> As a matter of fact, my little exit interview, the HR person said, you know, we would love to have you to come back. And I said, nope, before she even got the words out of her mouth. I said, yeah. nope, I ain't substituting. I'm not doing that. I am retired. I am done. You know, the only thing I do is I go over to the school and lift weights when there's nobody in the weight room and so on. But past that, nah, nope, good. But congratulations again. Thank you. Now you're going to have to figure out that, you know, that that distance between you and Cynthia now, with you being home more often, it's going to be... Well, you've you've worked from home quite a bit, anyways, because oh, yeah, of COVID. Yeah, yeah during COVID, I I, yeah. I worked from home quite a bit, so I well, was when, here. When yeah, Lynn so. retired, I had been retired yeah. five years before Lynn retired. Yeah. And when she stayed home, we were bumping into one another. I'm like, why are you why are you in my kitchen? <laughs> you know what? Why are you putting stuff on the counter, and not cleaning it up? <laughs> you know. So we yeah. we had to make some adjustments. You know, just a little bit. You know, because when I was home by myself, you know, the counters were clean and all that stuff, you know, and then suddenly I she's home and we're bumping into one another like, dang, now, why did you leave that bowl out? Just go over and clean it, put it up. (laughs) But we've gotten past it. She's been retired. This is her second year out. Okay. Okay. And, uh, you know, she does what she does and I do what I do and not much has really changed. We're we're doing well. You'll find out that. Uh, the only advice I can give you, brother, is find something that you can be consistent at and uh, just don't sit around doing nothing. Right. I, no, totally I don't agree. have an extra job, but yeah. I'm I'm busy from about eight o'clock in the morning to my body says, well, you better go to bed. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, and it's a good thing now that the weather's getting nice and we can be outside and whatnot. And, you know, the gyms are opening back up. And uh, so we're going to get our racquetball going again now that the, the base lets us back on. So, yeah, there, there's stuff, man, I'll be doing. And you won't see me sitting here at the house every day like, what am I going to do, boss? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One thing you know, else so. I, I encourage you to do is, man, get get back out there and get back in shape, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know? You know, because I mean, I have, I have for the past almost year now. The the thirty first of May of last year is when I had that uh, muscle injury. Yeah. Uh, about the fifteenth and sixteenth of about this time a year ago, and I had to take a little time off and get back in get back in it. And other than going out to visit Stephanie in uh, Fort Collins. I've run or power walked every day. Wow, that's amazing. Every day, with the exception of June the 1st, because that's when I hurt that that muscle back there. Right. And October the 15th. 
every wow. day. I find even when we were going to Florida and had to get up early in the morning, I got up, went outside the hotel and I walked two miles. Yeah. yeah. You know, so get yourself, get, get that heart smart, man. Yeah. Yep. Got to do that. Back in shape. Yeah. Now uh, that I have time, if, if I'm going to get up, I like throw on my shoes and, and hit the pavement. There you go. And, uh, you know, get back into a little strength training and whatnot. So, yeah, absolutely, man. Most definitely. I got to be around, man. I got to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've made it 64, 65 years. So we're, we got we to gotta go as far, long as we can. We got to keep rolling, man, till the wheels yes, fall off, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right, brother. I think we've we've been on here for an hour and 15 minutes. This has been good. Yeah, it's a good thing, man. It's so uh, thing. for all those folks that are out there, if you want to tune us in, we're always going to be here on uh, on these same channels, whether it's Spotify or Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts. Uh, we're going to be doing it, and we're going to be saying it like we see it. Absolutely. Saying it like we see it, and until we meet again, in the words of the great team, King Ch- T'Challa, Wakanda forever. And in my broken Italiano, Chiliamo mm. dopo. And like three strikes, three strikes we're, out. we're out. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are of those of the individuals and do not reflect on the official policies or positions of any government or corporation.